And now a word from one of our Bible Live sponsors. Our company is so proud and excited to sponsor the Bible Live. As a businessman, I have to make decisions every day about how to best invest time, personnel, and resources for the best return and results. The scriptures say there are two things on earth that will last forever, God's word and the souls of people. It's my hope that you, your family, your church, and perhaps even your business will pray about giving a tax-deductible donation to the Bible Live at this time. Together, let's expand this historic broadcast of the scriptures to other cities across our nation, a sound investment for both time and eternity. You can donate by credit card at the Bible Live website www.thebiblelive.com or mail your check for the Bible Live to P.O. Box 18888. That's P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas 78218. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. So people ask questions from the Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers, and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of the Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. Super Bowl Sunday, right? This is one of those unusual Sundays of the year. I guess it's become almost a a holiday, right? This is like a national holiday. Wouldn't you call the Super Bowl a national holiday? I think it's a Super Bowl day. (laughs) It's also Groundhog Day. Oh, is, is it, it really? Groundhog yes, day? it is. Well, every February second. And did you hear? Peta doesn't want you to use groundhogs anymore. No, all She's right. Me- mechanic. Well, what did uh, what Popano Joe or whatever his name is? What oh, did the, Tony Phil? Yeah. I think, he's, yeah. I think we're going to have an early uh, spring. Oh well, I'm, I don't doubt it. I think he's probably right. Uh, John, I, you can turn it up a little for me if you want, John. For, for whatever it's worth, Soapy Dollar agrees with the uh, hamster, whatever he is. He's not a hamster, is he? He's a uh, He's That's a why it's called Groundhog Day. Groundhog. That's <laughs> man. I, it's called Groundhog Day, and it's not a hamster. That, that, okay. Or a gerbil. I'll get or a, a gerbil or anything or like that. Welcome everybody. This is Soapy. We're here for the Bible Live broadcast here on the Super Bowl Sunday, and uh, Jacob is here. We're ready to get started, and we want to welcome you aboard. I know that the. Uh, the uh, Super Bowl is winding down to its last minutes unless they go into overtime somehow or other. But uh, we are counting on you being with us anyway. There's some of you I know that love the Scriptures and love the Bible and love talking about uh, this book of books. This Last week, our, read- our reading schedule had us reading a, a number of uh, different portions. In our Wisdom and Worship segment, we focused on Psalm forty. Which is uh, I, I really, really, really like that psalm. I've got a couple of songs that I've written up from Psalm forty. Would you, uh, would you sing it for us? No, I'm not going to sing it for you. I, if I could bring it up here, maybe it's on our. I, I'll place. sing it for you. Forty. <laughs> well, that's all right. Psalm forty. Uh, there's a wonderful passage there. It's it's one that a lot of uh, a lot of us memorize, and and I think you'll remember it if I. 
quote it from Psalm 40. There's one that says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not weary and ah. walk and not faint. Uh, walk, not be weary, and run and not faint. So and, while they're uh, waiting, though, it says wait. They, they can be in a big mess, all right? While they're waiting. Well, yeah, see, 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 see. see the, the, I'll, tell you the, I'll tell you the secret to that passage. Uh-huh. Do you... Do you guys? I mean, I mean, hey, guys. Is, that, is that a big passage to y'all or not? Oh, everything's a big package. Uh, okay, uh, on on uh, Psalm forty, I think it's verses thirty, thirty-one, thirty-two. I heard it. Yes, don't worry. Uh, it's it says they that wait upon the Lord, and and uh, yeah. I know in all of our churches that's a passage we memorize and preachers talk about it because we all we all love the theme of patience you know we want god to give us patience so that we wait and learn how to wait do you know that most of your life and i i would probably say even right now uh jacob and you john and all of you listening i i would be willing to bet that you're waiting on something most 10:30. of our lives, <laughs> waiting, on 10:30, <laughs> waiting on me to quit talking so you can get a word well, in edgewise. I was going to say something. If you're, while you're waiting, you might be in a big mess. But now I'm going to fit this together for us, okay? Uh-huh. So if you're in a big mess and you're waiting, you're giving it time. You're letting that mess age. And then what do you have? You have a message. Uh-huh. <laughs> Wow, if that's 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 the best you can do. Uh, oh yeah, let's see you match. Okay, I'll tell you. I'll tell you my matching truth about that passage. In the first place, we all take it that the Bible is encouraging us to learn to wait, wait oh, patiently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the point is, I don't think the Bible needs to give us a command to wait cuz it's it's part of the human experience. We most of our lives, we, we end up waiting on somebody, w- waiting on this, maybe waiting on medication, waiting on uh, the check from Uncle John, waiting on this, payday, waiting on that. We're all the time waiting. Every every day of our lives, there's something we're waiting on and expecting and 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 um, kind of waiting. <laughs> we it, So you, there's no need to give a command to wait. The key to the passage is... It says, they that wait upon the Lord. The the key to understanding the passage is make the Lord the object of your waiting. So only, you're not waiting only, on the post office. Only the literary folks that are listening to the show will follow, uh, follow my next comment. Okay. There is a play called Waiting for a Godot. Uh, yeah, I know that play. Uh, do you? I, I've heard of it, but uh, what is it about Waiting well, for Godot? Does he ever show up? I don't know. The answer is no. So only the literary folks will be able to apply that to Okay, us. okay. But the point here is it says... But it, some people die, and they've been waiting, and they don't get what they want. Well, yeah, it's not a matter of getting what you want. It's what, it's, oh, it's a matter of... Getting what you need. In other words, we all have to wait. Uh-huh. There's so no doubt about it. What they needed was the wait. Maybe, yeah. maybe. But the point is, is the emphasis is not on the waiting. Uh-huh. That's not the no, big. Not. It's waiting on the Lord. Make oh. the object, Lord, the. And I tried that I, when I first thought of it. I guess it about three or four years ago. I thought, oh, that's interesting. Uh-huh. And so instead of uh, waiting on the post office or waiting on that check from somebody or that uh, this or that or the other, make in other words, the event or the person or the you know the the thing I'm waiting on itself. 
I, I go beyond that and say, okay, Lord, I'm waiting. You're the one that controls that check from Uncle John, the post office, and you're the one that controls this, that, and the other. And so I'm going to make you the object of my waiting. And when you do that, it changes everything. All of a sudden, a lot of the impatience, a lot of the stress and strain of, of waiting and worrying about it went away because I knew God could handle it. And when I made him the object of my waiting, it changed a lot. So I, I recommend that to some of you out there who maybe uh, struggle with the idea of patience. You know, oh, Lord, give me patience and give it now. I want my patience now. Well, there's only today. one way you can get it. If you I pray know. for that, you get patience by learning to wait. Yes, but and I think you learn to wait by making the Lord the object of your waiting. Anyway, that's my little uh, sermonette. Uh, I know sermonettes make Christianettes, but anyway, that's my little thought about Psalm 40, verse 31 there. if you're eating in the kitchen, it's a kitchenette. (laughs) That's right. So anyway, we read from Psalm 40, and uh, we read from Psalms 147 through 150. Why? Because we finished up the book of Deuteronomy in the Tanakh, the Hebrew Scriptures, chapters 28 through 34. We'll finish it tonight. Uh We'll finish our discussion of it. Uh, And there's a couple of very interesting things. Good, good. Then are we going to go over to the other side of the Bible? We'll go over to the New Testament and pick up with the second book of the New Testament, the second of the four Gospels. How do you say Mark in Spanish? And and then Marcos. Marcos. So it would be Nuevo Marcos? (laughs) <laughs> Nuevo Testamento, uh, but but that's all right. Nuevo Marcos, uh, San Marcos, Saint Marcos. There you go, San Marcos, right up the road. Uh, so here we go. We, we'll read chapters one through eight of the book of Mark, and I've got a suggestion for you. When we get around to addressing the Gospel of Mark, we'll talk about the theme of the book. We'll talk about some of the distinctives of the Gospel of Mark, the, this particular perspective. Yeah, yeah, the young yeah. man's name was John Mark, who, uh-huh. who penned it. Oh, I love, your, I love one of your questions. I, I know. told you about that coming up. Yeah. Here, right? yeah. What was John's, uh, yeah, what at, was Mark's yeah. Hebrew your, name? Yeah, what was his Mark's Hebrew name? So, and his answer, folks, is John. Is John. <laughs> John Jehonan, is not right? a Hebrew name. Jehonan or something like Yachanan. that? Yachanan. Yachanan. No, but, but it's funny because the question is, what was uh, Mark's <laughs> Hebrew name? I was and trying to show off. Down John. I was trying to show off my Hebrew knowledge. Yeah, well, there. yeah you sure <laughs> and did. I did. <laughs> that's about all I know. Anyway, uh, beyond that little little typo, that's what that was. It's a typo. Uh, we have this young uh, John Mark appears. He's uh, uh, in uh, in the go- in the book of Acts. Yeah, uh, interesting side note. In other of the Gospels, he's the young man that ran off into the darkness right, right, uh, without right. his. Uh, it, it, in the Garden of uh, Gethsemane, it, uh-huh. when they came to arrest Jesus, yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the Gospels, I forget which one, maybe it is Mark, yeah. record that a young man ran off into the darkness. He, he, uh, they grabbed his sh- shirt or his cloak, right. and he peeled it off and just left it behind yeah. and ran off in the darkness. I, I don't know if he ran off buck naked, but he ran off without his clothes. He left it in the their hands. Well, I'm so and, glad uh, we've had this talk. <laughs> right. Sorry can to put I, that uh, image in your mind, but, choose, uh, but that was probably John I, Mark. I was wondering if I could choose another category like TV trivia for 200. <laughs> yeah, that'd be all right. But anyway, that's who this was. And then John Mark, uh, uh, when Peter got out of jail and they, pr- they were having a prayer meeting in the book of Acts and they're praying for Peter. And and God miraculously opened the gates, the doors of the jail, and an angel came and freed him. Mm-hmm. And he went to uh, 
a home. He went to John Mark's mother's home. Yes, he did. And uh, remember, they didn't recognize him. The the right. the servant girl answered the door and saw it was him, and she wouldn't let him in. It was really funny because they've been praying for him to be released, and he was released, and all of a sudden they didn't I, they know what to do with him. They have a song about that, you know. Is, really? Yeah. I hear you knocking, but you can't, can't come, come in. That's pretty much what she said. But that was John Mark's home. Uh, John Mark went on. By the way, a, have you ever seen the name John spelled J-O-N? Yes, I have. Jonathan. No, J-O-N, just John. Yeah, well, he shortened it to John, J-O-N. Uh-huh. Do you know why? No. Usually, at least historically, when the Jews I'm named their kids... I'm waiting for some kind of a comment about... Nah, when they Usually when the Jews were named their children, their boy children, John, they'd spell it J-O-N. That's uh-huh. generally where it uh-huh. Was it Jonathan? Well, yeah, but if they like the name John, but usually they leave the H out. Okay. Just an interesting point that you can put into your trivia. Je- and the H is there because of Jehoanan or something like that? Well, it's a, it's it's actually a C-H sound, uh-huh. but uh, I guess in English it would be an H. Okay, well, I see. Well, anyway, um, th- there's our little language lesson for the evening. But j- this young man named Mark, he figures prominently in the New Testament. He goes on a mission trip with Paul on his first missionary journey, but he quits. He leaves. He gets either a little sick or maybe just afraid. or something. And So he goes back home to Mommy. And do you know what they did after he left? Well, they wouldn't they, let him. They sinned. Do you know why? No. Because they missed the mark. And they missed the mark. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. That's good. That's what missed. Sin oh, means I missing the mark. Yeah, you here, did. Yeah. Right there. You made that up. He's such a wit. But I'm only half right. Oh, uh, you're half right. Yeah. I'm yeah. Uh, but anyway, John Mark was there on that first missionary journey. He left the team and went home to Mommy, and Paul got mad at him and wouldn't let him go on the next journey. I don't blame him. And then uh, who was the fellow that d- discipled Paul that took him in? Um, uh, when Paul was, remember Paul, when he converted, they wouldn't let him into the fellowship of believers either. Are you talking about Ananias? Uh, Barnabas. Barnabas. Oh, Barnabas. Oh. Barnabas took him in, though, and took Barn- uh, took Paul under his wing and protected him and sponsored him and, and, and worked with him. And Barnabas, again, picks up with John Mark. And Why takes- does his name become Paul instead of his real name? Saul? Yeah. I don't know. Would that be his... Roman name as opposed to his Hebrew it is, name? It, it would be a Roman name. But okay. the Saul, which is his name, uh-huh. uh, but that's when he's in Israel. Saul of Tarsus. But why? But when he leaves Israel, he has to have a, a secular name, so it becomes Paul from the Latin okay. from Rome. Okay. The only, here's a trivia question for you. All the patriarchs, yeah. they all have two names except for one person. Abraham. No. No, Abraham was Abram and then Abraham. Yeah. Uh, and is that the since they were all had two names? Well, see, uh, Jews all have two names. Moshe? Was it Moses? No. No. Everybody had two names except no. for. E- even today. Are you talking about males except, and females? Except, except, yes. Except in Israel. They only have one name. Okay. So, it's Isaac. I was going to say Isaac. I knew you were, and I wanted to get in before you did. <laughs> No, I really wasn't. But one, uh, so Isaac yeah. is named the same in. So, yeah. How about that? Yeah, yeah, but it's pronounced Yitzhak in Hebrew. Of is that a terribly significant it thing? It is. It Tell is. me the significance. Significance is whenever Jews leaves Israel, they take the religious name with them, but they have to have a secular name. And Isaac the, never left Israel. 
I got it, didn't I? I, I you did get it. How <laughs> remarkable of you Good to listen so closely to me. Oh, I remember you saying that one time in the past somewhere. Uh, somewhere. Isaac was the one patriarch that never left Israel. That's right. He never left the boundaries of Israel, so yeah. he doesn't have to have another name. Oh, about now, Paul, that. Saul, did. Uh-huh. So if he had left Israel, we would have probably called him Izzy, right? I, I do want to tell you something. I did talk to uh, uh, the chaplain, David, uh-huh. out at the VA. Who, sure. That was very kind to you and your friend That's one right. Time. I remember David. And he, and I got to talk to him, he brought up something, and he said, you know, he was going to call in one time because uh-huh. I had said the comment we're talking about tonight about having two names. Uh-huh. And, he, and he was going to call and say, now, wait a minute. Uh, Jesus only had one name. And I said, ooh, David, that's a very good point. It is. And I didn't have a good response at the time, but being neurotic, I thought of a response now. But David is a very nice guy. He's a chaplain. I think he's very nice. Oh, yes. He's a was very nice great to friend and, and a great brother and, in the and Lord. And nice to you and your friend. You, exactly right. Now, let but me say something say, about Jesus that. Jesus did have Did Jesus name. leave uh, Israel? Well, it says he appears on that mountain. Well, that was within the bounds of it. That was only Mount... Uh, well, did Jesus have uh, only one name, though? Yeshua, I, I bless... Well, I that's, guess so. that's his Hebrew name. Yeah. So I, Jesus would be another name. Oh, I see. Oh, I know you do, but you got to listen closely. Jesus. Well, no, that's, Jesus, that's Greek. Jesus. Uh, but anyway, but my point is that David said to me, at the time he told to me just this last week, I thought, that was a very brilliant point. And, uh-huh. I, and I, I made mental note of that. Anyway, okay, is that, that it? That's it. <laughs> That's great. I want to break well, it up because he it's interesting it. about Jesus because I was thinking Jesus met with. We talked. One of our last things we mentioned about Jesus was he talked to that uh, the Syrophoenician woman. The, the from, but I don't know if he left the confines of Israel to do that or not when he met well, that woman. Well, let me see here. So would that count as leaving in Israel? The, well, in the Christian world. Um, we can say that uh, the Christians apply many of the Hebrew names for God or deity to Jesus, right? Right. And we know that Jesus is actually not a Hebrew name. No. No. So we know that that could be considered as having more okay. than one name. All right. All right. But I, I David it. pointed it out to me, and and he said, yeah, I almost called in. And he said, I didn't want to call in a correction. I said, no, listen, I'd rather have correct information than me be right. Yeah. And I've learned that from Soapy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if I understood what you just said, I'd probably be offended. But I have no idea what you meant. So I'll, I'll, I'll just take it as a compliment John and go got ahead. it because John loves I know. John got it. He, you and he think on the same level, I think. Well, anyway. We we read the Psalms and uh, okay. Let's go on with the actual show. To what the Book of say? Deuteronomy, chapters twenty-eight oh. through thirty-four. Now, there's some fascinating stuff. Why don't you uh, get us started in our consideration of Deuteronomy, and then we'll finish up our comments on Deuteronomy, this second giving of the law to a, a second generation yes, after so. coming out of Egypt. Right. Uh, we have that. It's basically a series of sermons or 
messages that Moses delivers to the people of Israel. It's uh, depending who's counting, but uh, it's generally five sermons. And yep. this is the last five weeks of Moses. That's life. right. They're, they're camped out on the east side of the Jordan River. They're right there. Jericho is waiting on the other side. They're, mm, they're about to enter into the Promised Land uh, under Joshua's leadership to begin the conquest and the uh, moving back into the Promised Land. So uh, in this last month or so, Moses then presents uh, these series of messages that we know as Deuteronomy, and uh, then he is going to die. He's told that he's Who, going to who's die. Who's going to die? Mount he's, uh, Moses. Moses is going to, is told Mount, he's going to die? Mount Pisgah? That's close enough. Yeah, something like close that, right? Close enough for government work. What's, uh, he told, he's told he's going to die. Yes, I believe is he is. Is he not? Or? Well, I don't know. I'm, you I, not, I'm he's not told he's going to die. You must have read something I no, missed. No, no, no. He's not told he's going to die. He's told he's not going to enter into oh, the promised land with the people. Go. Which here, here, I assume means he's going to die, right? Oh, well, you can assume whatever you want. Oh, well, don't. Uh, but when he goes up on the mountain. He's he patronizing. Say, he's he, patronizing me now, that's folks. Right. Yeah, he's, he plays on the Patriots. So. Uh-huh. Uh, but, <laughs> but, the, uh, but the point is. What's fascinating about that language, when uh-huh. he goes up on a mountain, he says to God, can I at least see Israel? Now, can you see all of Israel from that spot? Oh, say, can you see? The answer would be no, Soapy. <laughs> so, keeping you focused, uh-huh. so the answer would be no. But what this is the fascinating thing, it's all future tense. So what they have always understood is, he didn't just see Israel, the ge- geography. Yeah. He saw the future all the way to the final days, the end of days. He, so it's all future tense. He sees Israel in the all What the it will tense. become in all the what, years. And, since, and when yeah, at, wow. at the end of the Bible, how they win everything. Okay. All right. Good, good. Well, he does, later on, he does come oh. into the promised land because he appears on the Mount of Transfiguration. Well, that's the story. With yes, Jesus. Huh? Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Elijah, right? And uh, Moses were with him. Well, that's what they say. Yeah, uh-huh. there's, an, there's Moses and Elijah. Yeah. Uh-huh. They're there, and they meet with him are on they, the Mount of Transfiguration. Let's say what? Are they dead? No. Oh. They're not. So, you see, you know what I'm going back to is when you said, oh, he was told he was going to die. That's a significant difference, though, too. There's oh, a, of course it there's is. There's a passage. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Look, we're, Look, we're getting... You've we're, wasted the we're entire... We're roaming around here. But wait, minutes. wait, wait. I thought I just thought of something. Uh, is that Jesus actually uses that in one of his sermons or one of his lessons because he says that Jesus... That God said to Moses... That God is the God of uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, uh, the God of Moses. And he says, but he's the God of the living. He's not the God of the dead. And so he uses that to prove that there's life after death, right? Well, Moses illustrates that in chapter 6, in chapter 2 and chapter 6 of Deuteronomy. Yeah. But That's Jesus builds on the idea to yeah. say, well, he read to the prove book, that Jesus, say, uh, Jesus he, he there, there is said, life yes. after That's death. That's correct. It's in Deuteronomy 2 and Six, yes. Because he's the God of the living, not of the oh, dead. And that's so right. that, because that's from the Jewish idea, and I interesting think point. from the Christian idea. You applaud Jesus coming up with that idea. That was a brilliant little argument, don't you think? Uh, I mean, uh, Well, I, if you say. But what but I'm trying there, to say the, is between this the Pharisees, is that he was actually, if uh, I understand that in the Christian idea, that if you go to heaven, you're still living, right? 
Yeah, sure. Okay, well, on the Jewish idea, Jews go to heaven, so they're still living. It, it's only the difference of the shell, the skin, okay. in this present form that we're in. All right. But wasn't that a difference between the Pharisees and the Sadducees that one believed in the life after death or something? No, in one? they both. They, they both. did? Okay. Let's dispel it right now. Let's put an end to okay, this. Yeah, put yeah. a stake in the heart of this. Both. It would be absolutely silly and asinine to say the Sadducees would follow all God's laws, that there's no reason, there's no reward or punishment uh-huh. afterward. And when people say... That they're saying they do not believe in the resurrection. They're equating in their mind resurrection. Physical resurrection. That's what I'm talking okay. about. Okay. They, they are equating physical resurrection, if you will, with life after death. Those are two separate things. Okay. The Sadducees 100% believed in life after death. They did not believe in a physical resurrection. I see. So we need to correct all Christian okay. thinking on that. But there's some, there's some argument there. I remember when Jesus makes the point that... Oh. God is the God of the living, not the dead, or something in it. That's because because Jews are alive. They're just not in sure. the body. Okay. okay. Well, well, we'll come back, and we're going to talk. open up just these last chapters, uh, 28 Maybe through 34. Maybe we can actually get to the text. What do you think? Uh, and I'm going to get you to comment and finish yeah, up. You've said that four times. On Deuteronomy 28 through 34. Uh, what would you like to – what are you going to focus on when we come back from this break? Well, when does the break start? How much time it, Pretty soon. Get okay, well, I just tease us well, a little bit with something. This is what the Deuteronomy, the Greeks named it. Okay. Uh, and they mean the second law. That's not really the second law. It's a continuation because there's another 70 brand-new laws given. And uh, and so it's actually happening. And in Hebrew, it's Davim, Davim, which means the words of Moses. Okay. So it's the words he's speaking. And all after Genesis, the next book's after Genesis. Genesis is one. Then there's Exodus. Uh, there's Numbers. There's Leviticus. All those books begin, all of them. With the word and. With the word and. Until we get to Deuteronomy, and then it says, these are the words of Moses. So it's telling us Moses is teaching. All right. Well, then I want to mention the fact that in the book of Deuteronomy, not often in the Hebrew Scriptures do you see the term father to describe God. It's not – that really waits – Actually, it's Jesus who kind of brings it to a formulaic level of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. In, but in, here in, in the Deuteronomy, Bible, that is correct. Here in, in the Deuteronomy, Talmud and much Jewish literature, uh, is, uh, it's called Abba, which is Dad or Daddy. Uh huh. So, so. Well, here in Deuteronomy, we have one of those occasions where, where it talks that? about. Where is it? Chapter thirty-two. I'll no. tell you when we get back no. from our break. Okay. All right. We're going to take a quick break, folks. You don't even have time to run. Maybe run and find out what the score is in the game or whatever. Uh, but and come then we're on back and join us. Talk about the text, right? Come back. We'll talk about the book of Deuteronomy and get right on into the text. So we won't be long, so don't go away. All ye who hear, now to his temple You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Praise to the Lord who wore all things so wondrously reigned. Shelters the under his wings, yes, so gently sustained. 
Dr. Stan Shelton with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway has taken care of the Dollar family that's Suzanne and me plus our three children for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to DrShelton.com or call 590-7878. Come on, we're going to say this again. Come on. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Now we're going to tell the story of Jesus Christ. Here we go. All right, we are back. This is the Bible Live. We're ready to... Comment. Let's our final comments on the last chapters of the book of Deuteronomy. Okay, and now we're actually going to go to the text now, right? Yeah, Jacob's going to lead us to these uh, final chapters, twenty-eight through thirty-four. Look, well, I was, just to touch on a few interesting points because I know you you'd like to get to Mark tonight. Okay. Because Mark is in. Uh, I once you made a joke over on your side of the Bible, and somebody chastised me thoroughly about that. So I'm not going to make that joke again. <laughs> but let's okay. So look at uh, one of the first things I'd like to look at. So uh, back in um, in Deuteronomy, Moses is giving some instruction, uh-huh. and he kind of says along the way, says, "You know, I know you guys are going to mess up, but don't worry, because when you mess up, at the end, it's going to be okay." Turn with me, if you will, to those thrilling days of yesteryear. Yes. In chapter 29. Yeah, I got. Oh. What's the matter? Got my Bible behind me oh, here. You, yeah. Did you bring okay. a Bible tonight? Yes, I did. Wow. Deuteronomy 29. Okay. I'm there. Wow. What are we going to look at in 29? Well, first of all, I want to start by looking in 29. And if you'd be kind enough, look at this. Look at. So there were people. As we know, that were not Jews that came out of Israel, I'm right. sorry, out of Egypt, with the Jews right. at Mount Sinai. They're no after Mount Sinai. They're no longer included as part of the mixed multitude. And altogether, they became Israel. Well, right? Let's see if it says that. Uh-huh. Let's see if my theory is. Correct. All right, all right. Look at look at twenty nine uh, thirteen. It says twenty verse thirteen says. Let me see if I can find it. Here, uh, twelve uh, by entering into the covenant today. He will establish you as his people and confirm that he is your God just as he promised you and as he swore to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Wow. I think the years must be numbered differently. It says, you are standing here today to enter into the covenant of the Lord your God. The Lord is making this covenant, including the curses. By entering into the covenant today, he will establish you as his people. So, Okay, well, let me tell you what it literally says. Uh-huh, here's okay. obviously a summation. Mm-hmm. Uh, 13 says, not with you alone do I seal this covenant. And this and these curses are impregnation. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, it's but in 14. But with whomever is here, standing with us today before God, our God, 
God, our God, uh-huh. and whoever is not here today, too. Now, whoever's not here means the people that have passed away, because spiritually, uh-huh. they're not physically there, but spiritually, they are the okay. people that died in the wilderness. All right. Yeah, and, that's right. Uh-huh. And, and the people of the future. All right. And it's saying... So he's also talking about everybody, including the ones that were not Jews that went with them from Egypt. Oh, yeah, that, that's, that's verse 14 and 15. But you are not the only ones with whom I am making this covenant with its curses. I am making this covenant both with you who stand here today in the presence of the Lord our God and also with the future generations who are not standing here today. You remember how we lived in the land of Egypt and how we traveled through the lands of enemy nations as we left. Well, okay, but mm-hmm. that's... Uh, when, so, yeah, it also the numbering includes, is a little different. It is, but it's not just the people who are going to be in the future, but right. also in people in the past. In the past, okay. Okay. Now, now, here is something interesting. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, so he's given us a lecture, and he's going to say, look, you guys are going to mess up, but it's okay, because God's keeping his covenant, he's keeping his word. So if you'd look at me with me to uh, 2924. Okay. Now 2924. Uh Moses is giving him a, a a pep talk. He's like a coach, but he's saying, "Look, this is what's going to happen. People around the world are going to know that what happened to you is because you didn't keep the covenant." And so 29, what, if you'd like to read it, I hope it's numbered the same. Okay, uh, it's not. But all the surrounding nations will ask, why has the Lord done this to this land? Why was he so angry? And the answer will be, this happened because the people of the land abandoned the covenant that the Lord, the God of their ancestors, made with them when he brought them out of the land of Egypt. Ah, now I want to pause and let's think about what that's saying. Uh-huh. So let's say that there's a well-intended, good-hearted person that comes along and says, no. Just accept this, our religion. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about those laws. You don't have to. Well, look what happened. They didn't keep the covenant. Right. So somebody said, well, they can keep the covenant a different way. That's not what this says. It clearly says they forsook the covenant. So the Jews have T-shirts, you might say, that says, been there, done that. Right. So when somebody comes along and says, no, you don't have to do that, they say, no, no, no. We read the same book you do, except we actually read it. <laughs> And and so the boy, but the point is, of course, and we've I, learned to obey it, yeah. right? That's so what's happened is, it says if you for so if you come back, when you come back, because we're going to find out that you're good, they're going to come back, and when they come back, they will then be able to reestablish a covenant, and that is exactly what's happened. So and that now they know that they're back in Israel today, so they know they should be keeping the covenant that was made. Okay? Exactly now, right. Now, now if you, I'm just going to jump, move a little fast because I know you want to get to Mark. No, no, you take your time. That's, uh, this is good. It's all prepara- preparing us for Mark. So right. good. Okay, now in verse chapter 30, is gonna, we're going to need your help on something. Uh huh, uh huh. In chapter 30 of Deuteronomy. All right. Or in Davarim in Hebrew, but Deuteronomy. Uh huh. Okay, now, if first I'd like to separate these by my, mine is numbered a little differently, but um, so when you look at verse 10. Verse 10, I got I'm it right to here. say something. If you listen. When you listen, so we've just talked about you're gonna if you, you're gonna break the covenant. I know that people will know you didn't keep the covenant, so you got you, the bad things happen. You lost the land, but you will come back. 
And 10, and my version says, then when you return, when you listen to the voice of God, your God, God, your God, to observe his commandments and his decrees that are written in this book of the Torah, when you shall return to God, your God, with all your heart and soul. So is that is that ten in yours? Yeah, the Lord your God will delight in you if you obey his voice and keep the commands and decrees written in this book of right. instruction, okay. and if you turn to the Lord your God with all your heart okay. and soul. All right, so what we got here at verse 10, uh, we've just been said, said it's, you're going to break the covenant. People are going to say, you guys broke the covenant. So... It's, it wouldn't be in a Jew's mind. It's not a good idea to try to get them to break the covenant because they read the same book. So, in 10 it says, but when you return, everything's going to be okay, but you got to keep the covenant when you come back because that's the rules because you made a covenant. Now, I'm coming up on the verses that's going to be a little problematic for you, and you can perhaps explain why it seems, I say stress okay. seems, uh-huh. to say something different perhaps in the New Testament. Okay. Uh, is you ready? or is you I'm ready? ready. Okay. Now, would you be kind enough to read with me uh, verse uh, 11 through 14? This command I am giving you today is not too difficult for you to understand, and it is not beyond your reach. It is not kept in heaven so distant that you must ask who will go up to heaven and bring it down so we can hear it and obey. It is not kept beyond the sea so far away that you must ask who will cross the sea to bring it to us so we can hear it and obey. No, the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart so that you can obey it. Now, so Moses is saying to these people, you can keep God's laws. You can do them. Yep. Now, I, I'm aware, and I know you'd like to pontificate, um, that uh, there's something in the Christian scriptures, the New Testament, that says uh-huh. nobody can keep the law. And yet we got Moses saying you can. So how would you resolve that issue, Sophie? Well, I resolve it by understanding, too, that included in the covenant was the the instruments or the included in the commands of God was the potential and the means of forgiveness. In other words, part of the law was when you fail, when you do sin, mm-hmm. here's you repent, you come to God in repentance, mm-hmm. and that's part of the law and the covenant relationship was that there would be repentance and that they would trust in God's love and forgiveness and mercy uh, that was part of the commands of okay. God. So uh, you, I think you're telling me. I think. I think you're telling me Moses is clearly saying you guys can keep this. It's not so mm-hmm. hard. You can do this. Mm-hmm. Actually, getting a driver's license is more complicated than keeping God's laws, actually. Uh, I, I, I've tried to keep God's laws in, in, in the sense that you're talking about. Right. And I know I failed. Uh we all, we all fail. But, we all fail. But that's the point I make. But part of that covenant is the means and the the method of experiencing God's yeah. forgiveness. Okay. The, right? Or yeah, is that well, that's what I'm helpful? asking because in the New Testament there is a reference, I guess, that says nobody can keep the laws. Is, yeah. that, is that correct? Do you know, Paul, where, that, do you know where that's at? Uh it's okay if you don't know. No, I, it, I, I shouldn't. I shouldn't hit you. That's back. all right. That's right. Uh, but we know that verse, verses there. I know it'll probably come to you. So let's say, by the way, if somebody'd like to call in, do we have a phone number? Sure. 
What is yeah, that and one? that's very good because I want people to to be willing and able to call in and be a part of our discussion. Two ten is our area code, right? Yep. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. Two ten three four zero ninety five eighty five. And you can give us a call now that the Chiefs, yay Chiefs. <laughs> How would you know the Apache Indian would be in favor of the Chiefs on Super Bowl Sunday? But that the, now that the Chiefs have won the Super Bowl, uh, and we're all back and joining again the, the Bible Live broadcast, you can give us a call, 210-340-9585. Okay. Now, so I'm going to suggest a harmonious resolution. All right. Says it says, clear, it seems clear Moses is undoubtedly saying, Hey, you guys can keep this. Does that mean that the people who are there with him that day can do it? Doesn't seem to. But does or does it mean just the Jews can keep it, but others cannot? But when we get over to the section where in the New Testament where Paul says you cannot keep it. Nobody can keep it. Well, well I, I'm can going I to just suggest, quickly say wait, I wait. I it does seem suggest, pretty clear that Moses uh, tells them as well uh, that not not this group he's talking to, but the nation, as you said, he looked in the future, that at some point they would walk away from God because he even predicts but that. But that was he, in the past. We're past that now. Now we're up to the part. Where, and when you come back, you've got oh, to keep the covenant. Oh, when you come back. Oh, I see. Okay, okay. Yeah, good. When you come back, you've got to keep the covenant. Uh-huh. And here, and Moses is saying, and it's not so hard for you to keep it. You can, it's not far from you. It's not across sea. It's not in heaven. Uh, the matter is very near you. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. You're too performant. Now. If that is what it means, and in the New Testament, where the other thing about nobody can keep it, I'm going to suggest to you that the word you, nobody can keep it means, no, in, I, in the sense of can, that nobody is can? huh? Nobody has kept it? No. Maybe? No, no, no. Okay. I, I thought I'd go ahead and finish my own sentence. Okay, uh-huh. Um, the, uh, nobody is willing to do it. Uh-oh. He's talking to non-Jews in the New Testament, and he says, nobody can keep it. In the, if the word can there means you're not really willing to, and you're not in that covenant, so you're not really required to, number one. You can if you like. But if the word can means nobody can, which means nobody is willing to. Okay. See, I have the great belief. It's my personal belief. I think people can keep these laws. I think Moses was correct. But it's interesting because I, I know I talk to a lot of Christians, and they, they quote the thing about nobody can keep. But here, almost nobody reads this, that Moses says you can. Well, I've noticed in your conversation about this matter, uh, there's, a little bit of a, uh, with, there's a little bit of a disconnect between us. Because when I... Beep, 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 beep. beep. Well... Okay, no, it's a, it's do you personally know anybody yeah. who has kept all the oh, commands? Oh, sure. Oh, many, many. You many, do? Many, oh, many people. And I'm going to tell I you I don't how. believe you. Well, you don't have to because I'm telling the truth. Oh, well, look, the lights are flashing, John. Can you introduce me yes. to one of these people? Yes, I can. You're talking to one. You? Yourself? Yes, and I'm going to tell you why. Now, don't interrupt. Let me say this because you're going to get into your opinion rather than thinking. No, I'm not. I'm George going to ask Carlin, you a question. George Carlin had a great, and I've met many people who are much, much, much better than I am. You know why? Because in God's system of these laws, just like for the Christians, God gave a way to repent for sinning and forgiving. So have, That's what I just said a while ago, right? You did say that, but I said I want to say this. I want to say this, that it is 
if you for, if you repent and forgive in the Christian world at that second, then you've kept them because right. you've been forgiven. Okay, okay. So and in the Jewish world, if you repent and you're forgiven, then technically there, there's no breaking of those laws. I Listen get you. Okay. So that's what I All mean right. when you say, has somebody kept them? I say yes, because people are much better than I am. But what I have done, at least I've tried, when I've done wrong, and I have broke probably many of the laws, probably more than you have. But I do repent. I try. Right. And when I do, and I, if I'm sincere, the word is teshuva in Hebrew. That's it's, right. It's returning. If I repent and I'm forgiven, then at that moment, this, it's forgiven as though I I get it, and I agree with you. And that's now, that's because that's, that's that what I said earlier. That is my answer yeah. to how do I know anybody. And that's the same answer that I, I said. That, that, yeah, but see, the difference but, is you, you, you said that two minutes ago, and when you said, do I know anybody, and I said, yeah. And okay, I know, okay. Okay. I'm conceding that because that's exactly what I said. The the one way you could understand the passage that makes room for failure to obey because there's forgiveness is part of the covenant. And if you have been forgiven, then it's a it's then you're forgiven. Repentance and forgiveness are part of the covenant. That is the only reason for the Christian. Okay, that's the only reason for the Jew that you can say that you keep them is because you do do the repentance and be forgiven. Well. But you will concede, I believe, that yeah. that's what Christians mean uh-huh. when they say yes. nobody has kept all the laws. Perfect. Uh, they're not talking. They're not including the forgiveness. Well, see, that's the catch. I do concede that to okay. you. But I will say this, and the reason that they put it that way is because they're not including the laws of I repentance. Get I get it. If I include the laws of repentance, then I'm good. So. All right, folks. We, we've got a. We've met. We've met. Yes. We've had meeting of the minds. You have a. You have an understanding. Call. You do have some calls. We have an understanding. Let's go talk with Alva. Let's see if she's on is our side Alva? about is this. That who it is, Alva? If she understands what we're saying, and uh, well, let's see if I hit the right button here and bring out. Hi, Alva. How are you this evening? Oh, fine. Blessed and highly favored. I'm glad to hear your voice. Did you watch the Super Bowl this evening? I'm just curious. Yes, I did. Well, how did, did you enjoy the way it turned out? Oh, well, let's put it this way. My grandkids and them wanted uh, San Francisco. And just to play a little, you know what, yeah. I said, well, I'm going for the Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Uh, the Native and then American they won community, and they were all thanks crying. you for your support. <laughs> <laughs> we're good. We're good. Well, listen, uh, I'm I'm sure that wasn't all that was on your mind tonight. Uh, are you calling to give us a thought from maybe the, the passages we're looking at? What, what's on your mind? Yes. Yes. Um, because I was listening to both of you, you know. Uh-huh. And uh, as I understand it, that as far as God, right? Yes. He knows us, and he knows that we're all human. Yes. And that that's the reason that Jesus had to come, because none of us could feel, fulfill that law. None of us could. I mean, if we, if we miss one, that means we missed all of them. All of them. Yes, that's, and, that's stated several times in the Scriptures. If you right. break one of the and laws, then, we broke and, them all. Yeah. So does it mean the opposite? Right. If I keep one, I kept them all? 
<laughs> right. No, I don't think and, it works and, that way. Well, not, not exactly, but, but what I'm saying is <laughs> yeah. if it wasn't for Jesus coming to intercede for us, yes. I don't think any of us would be up in heaven. I, I think you're exactly right. But as far as I can tell now, Alvin, that's what Jacob is saying, is that part of the covenant of God, part of the commands of God, included the the provision that God makes for forgiveness. In other words, part of the covenant was that when we do fail, we repent. We turn from our sin. We ask God's forgiveness and trust in his goodness, his mercy, and his provision so that we can be forgiven. And so if you include that forgive, repentance and forgiveness aspect of the covenant, then in fact, even as believers, we are, as those who follow after God and trust in God and his provision, his forgiveness, we are indeed keeping the law. Well, not do, right. you, do you get? I, I kind of understand for the first time maybe what Jacob has been trying well, to say. Oh, I've been trying to tell you that for years. I know it, but I finally got it. <laughs> and Alva, may I Praise say? The Lord. And I want to tell you, Alva, I probably, I don't know you, but I know me. And I can tell you, I, and there are things I would never share with people. I've done bad things and probably sinful things, and even worse than sinful things. I have. I'm guilty of that. But included in God's laws is the right to be repent and be forgiven. So Amen. what I'm suggesting is is that that is part of the laws. And to, when somebody says nobody can keep the law, well, my answer is, yeah, because you got to include all. Wait, wait, wait. I'm going to finish this sentence. It's very important to me. So you got to include all the laws, and all the laws include the repentance and the forgiving. Right. I get it. I think Alva gets it, too. Yes. You understand? Yes. Yeah. Because that's why because, she, she's talking about Jesus. <laughs> right. Because he tells us that we all fall short of his glory. Right? Right. All have sinned and fall short of his glory. All. Uh-huh. He didn't say one of us falls short of the glory. He says all of us fall short of his glory. And then we're also told that uh, he who knew no sin becomes sin for God. Yeah. Repentance is the key, and that's a part of God's command to, to repent and turn back to God, ask Him His forgiveness and cleansing by His provision. And so I get it. I get the, I get yeah. finally if what Jacob include, has been saying. It's like Elvis, like doing a trial. You might be charged. Let's say you're charged with a crime. Okay. You get. Okay. You, let's say you're char- and, I, and I'm not saying you are. I'm just saying hypothetically you're charged with a crime. Okay. Now you're going to go to court, right? Well. Right. You have to include all the laws, including the laws of procedure on how you go about it. And that includes your right to a defense. That includes the right to judgment. That includes the right to people to make fact-finding. Uh-huh. So you've got, you got to include all the laws. The fact that you're charged doesn't make you guilty. And so when somebody says this, I always say, no, you have to include all the laws. If you include all God's laws, he did make provisions for repenting and for being forgiven. All right. Very good. Yeah. I, I, I like it. Right. I, it makes sense to me. Uh, I hope it and does to you, too. And praise the Lord that we are forgiven. That's right. Thank, thank you, Jesus. Right. Exactly right, Alva. Amen. Well, thanks for Amen. calling in, my dear. We appreciate hearing from you tonight. <laughs> You're welcome, and be blessed. All right. And we will be. Thank you. The, Continue spreading the word. We will, my dear. We will. Thank you. 
Alva called in. You can do the same, 210-340-9585. Can I call in? Well, yeah. Okay. Give me a call right now. You can. Now, lead us forward a little bit longer. All right, We've all right, got let's, some, let's go a couple of Maybe a minute or so okay. left. All right. So we go to chapter 31. Uh-huh. Uh, Moses is now 120 years old. Mm-hmm. So there are three. Now, there's something I want to point out, too, because I know we're going to go into Mark in the last second. Mm-hmm. But look at I want to show you something. Look in chapter 31. Look down at verse 10. I hope it's numbered the same in your version. Verse 10 here says, um, Then Moses gave them this command, At the end of every seventh year, the year of release, during the festival of shelters, you must read this book of instruction to all the people of Israel when they assemble before the Lord your God at the place he chooses. Oh, oh! You got it. What are you reading? <laughs> That's what we find in the uh, book of Matthew chapter 5. You are right? looking at what's called the Hakel. Uh-huh. What Jesus did with the so-called Sermon on the Mount, let's use the correct name, it's mm-hmm. called the Hakel. And we know who can do this. Only the king can do it. It's Jesus' statement. Hey, fellas, I'm the king of Israel. The Jews got it. The Romans listening got it. And it's going to only be done every seven years at a particular time so we know the time and we know what he was teaching i I like that a lot that was a blessing to me the first time you ever told us and it really is to me encourages me as a believer as well uh because we're going to jump over now into the new testament into the gospel of mark Maybe a, one of, maybe a little bit more commentary on Deuteronomy as we move forward, but it's a good, actually, it's a good jump. It's a good way to segue okay, into good. the Gospel of Mark. We'll come back and talk about the, that segue and then get into a little bit of the Gospel of Mark when, when the Bible Live returns. Don't go away. You're listening to the Bible live with Soapy. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. And all my days I've been held in your hand. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, oh, I will see. Of the goodness of God. You're listening to the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. We are back for our final segment tonight, Super Bowl Sunday. And we're going to go to Mark, right? Yeah, we're going to move okay. on now to the Gospel of Mark. I just want to say one Mark. sentence, if I may. One quick sentence. Please, please. If we had, uh, I'm sorry we kind of killed the first half hour, because had we not killed a half hour, there's actually some other things in the book of Deuteronomy I was hoping to get to, but we will next time we go through it. All right. We'll come back, of course, every year. I, I do want to mention the Song of Moses is the first recorded song in all of history, they say, I've heard. Uh, and of course, we're not talking about a recording studio, you know, microphones and everything. We're talking. Uh, here is a song that Moses uh, recited this entire song publicly to the assembly of you Israel. Have one more promise to keep that you have failed to keep. Oh, uh, what's but that? I'm going to keep you from sin. You're going to Mark, yeah. No, huh. that's 
You're going to, we're going to do that promise. But you said you're going to tell us where in the book of Deuteronomy Jesus used the name Father, was used as Father. Patience, little donkey. It's right there in that song. It's. In, in the Song of Moses, in what, chapter chapter, verse. Tell chapter thirty-two. Let me find it. Let me find it. Six. six chapter thirty-two. Six, 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 verse. Uh, oh, come on, come on. Where is it? I've got it right six. here. Uh, thirty-two six. Thirty-two six. Thank you very wow, much. Who said that? Uh, wow. Is this the way you repay the Lord, you foolish and senseless people? Moses says, and then he said, "Isn't he your father who created you? Has he not made you and established you? Remember the days of long ago. Think about the generations past. Ask your father, and he will inform you. Inquire of your elders, and they will tell you when the Most High assigned lands okay, to the so, nations." So we've got the so fatherhood got the of God. I just want to make sure you kept your promise. The fatherhood so of God. Go now Mark, we and we'll get, keep your other promise. We jump now to the Gospel of Mark. Uh, in the New Testament, Mark is a very uh, unique book. I was mentioning before in our first segment that uh, it it's named for this young man named that we meet in uh, in the Gospels, a young man named John Mark. John is half Gentile, but has a Jewish mother. Who does John Mark? Oh, that's John Mark. Okay. We're talking about, okay. uh, and he. Uh, he, as I mentioned earlier, John Mark is a young man that, um, ooh, uh, his mom is one of the followers of Jesus. He uh, he's the young man that in the book of uh, in the Gospels, when Jesus is arrested in the in the Garden of Gethsemane, there's it tells a story in the Gospel of Mark. There's a young man who runs off into the darkness when the the uh, soldiers are there arresting Jesus and they're maybe trying to arrest some of the followers. Uh, he sheds his jacket. Someone grabs him by his cloak, but he, he tears it off and goes off running either naked or semi, you know, not totally dressed into the dark. That was our young man, John Mark, it is thought. Later, when Peter is uh, imprisoned and then is released by an angel, he goes to the home of one of the believers. Actually, some of the people would say he was wearing his underwear. There, that's right. And do you know what the name of the underwear was? His John's. No, no, that's not bad, Sophie. <laughs> that's not bad. Actually, I was going to say Haynes. Do you know why Haynes? Hey, why? Because you'll never forget this. In Hebrew, and it's in the Torah, uh-huh. it's in Genesis, actually. Uh, the word Hain appears, and that's the word, like the underwear, for the word grace. How about that? So wearing his grace. wearing grace. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> well, anyway, after he does go, uh, the, when Peter goes and freed from, freed from prison and goes to the home of these people that are praying for him, that's John Mark's home. And uh, then John Mark goes on the first missionary journey with Paul in the book of Acts, and he uh, leaves the group. Uh, maybe he's a young, maybe he's too young to take that responsibility and, and so on, but s- then he returns, he runs back home, he leaves the missionary journey in the midway, and then Paul won't let him go on the second missionary journey, and Barnabas takes him under his wing, and Barnabas disciples him and grows him up and encourages him, and obviously he becomes a good, solid follower uh, of the Messiah, of Jesus, and later on in his ministry, even Paul uh, calls and said, send John Mark to me because he's valuable to me. Uh, and so even Paul's I attitude get, I changes. I get twelve fifty for him. He gets to be for the first. All right. So he he brought him back. Uh, but anyway, that's John Mark, and he it is thought that he wrote 
essentially the memories and the perspective of Peter, of the teachings and the the sermons and things that Peter's memories of walking with Jesus uh, as a disciple of Jesus. Uh, so John Mark presents those to us. His his book is focuses on the servant. Aspect. Let's actually talk about some of the book. What are we saying? Yeah. It talks about the servanthood. We see Jesus moving from city to city, home to home, person oh. to person, well. and he's healing and preaching and so on. So okay, that's folks, we gotta go. emphasizes the humanity. <laughs> uh, I, I'm sorry, the servant aspect of the life and ministry of Jesus. That's the emphasis of Mark. Okay, start at now, chapter 1. Uh, it starts with chapter 1. With, ah, uh, it starts with chapter 1. The, the apostle, I mean, I'm sorry, John. John the Baptist preparing the way. We just mentioned that that uh, there would come one uh, a, a prophet in, in the likeness of Elijah that would come before the Messiah and would prepare the way. And that's what we see uh, happening. Uh, he would be again like the prophet Isaiah said, "Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way. He is a voice shouting in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord's coming." And, and he, that was John and the he's Baptist quoting. Uh Something from the Old Testament, is he? Yes, that that comes from. Uh, oh, I just mentioned it a while ago. What chapter was that? Um, Come on, Soapy. Look, I'm sending. Isaiah Isaiah wrote that in chapter chapter forty, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Chapter forty. Hey, and here's something interesting. Yes. You had mentioned during the break that John was wearing camel hair. Yes. And a a belt or a tallit, which is like a prayer shawl, and he's wearing uh, something around his waist. So I'm going to suggest that he's wearing exactly the same type of prayer shawl. That Elijah wore, perhaps the same type or the actual same well, one. Well, I'm going to suggest it's probably the one actual Elijah's that was passed down. Mm. But you know that 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 would probably cause some people to stumble. So let's just say he was wearing something like it. But I think it's probably the same one. But let's go even deeper. Let's say, and his diet, verse six, one six. His diet was locusts and wild honey. Okay. Now, why is that important? That has something to do with kosher foods, right? Exactly. And John, the Baptist, is who? What kind? Of, what tribe does he come he from? He is a Levite ah. by both his mother and ah, father's side of the so family. He is. So he's a Levite. So we know he's a hundred percent priest. And you got to be mom and dad to be a priest. And in that day, that was unusual because the priesthood had become compromised because of the Roman uh, conquest. They had. Bought and paid the priesthood. They were not all Levites well, they killed, in the temple. They killed half of them and sent the others out. That's the reason John the Baptist is out the Jordan River. Uh-huh. The guys in the, the people refer to the so-called priests running the temple, those were the hirelings. Mm-hmm. Those are the people who are hired or put in place by Rome. And none of them, Caiaphas uh, and Ananias, those guys are not even Levites. But they got the position because that's their deal. But I think that's one of the ways that we as Gentile believers... Uh, it's one of those things that w- makes us, we don't actually understand the New Testament scriptures even to the degree we should because we underestimate the degree of corruption and compromise right. that were present in the society, religion, right. politics, and aspect of right. the Jew- of the sure. Hebrew nation of, of Jesus' so, time. So that's why when Jesus goes out there, he gets baptized by John the Baptist because Jesus cannot baptize right. because... Uh, he is from the tribe of Judah. Judah. The Levites do the baptize. That's so right. Let's talk, uh, focus on that locust and wild honey. Okay. 
Now, what is remarkable about that? First of all, that's telling us that the, John the Baptist is very knowledgeable. He, because he would not be violating God's laws. He's a guy who kept them. Uh huh. There you go. Right. There you go. And uh, and if he did do something wrong in sin, I'm sure he repented. That's right. So, locusts. There's over a hundred different kinds of locusts out in the Middle East, but only one is kosher. Is that right? So, huh. I'll, and get this. Oh, you're gonna love this, Sophie. Are you sitting down? I am sitting uh, down. Wow. Yeah, I'm going to, uh, that locust. That's important huh, that I'm sitting down. It is, because <laughs> okay. I'm, I, don't worry about the Hebrew name. Uh-huh. But in English, it translates to, I wish I had a drum roll, but it's snake fighter. Now, hmm. isn't that interesting? Sure it is. Snake fighter. So, remember he calls some people, you brood of vipers. Uh-huh. So he's doing... What Adam should have done, he's fighting. He's these, fighting snakes, and, and a viper is mm-hmm. a snake. Uh-huh. That's so he's a he know the locust. He can eat the only one that's kosher. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty good sized locust actually, and it's a, in English the name is translated the snake fighter. Isn't that wow? Bad? That is interesting. Now let's yes. talk about the wild honey. The wild honey is kosher. It's only two products that are kosher that come from a non-kosher source. So first of all, on the locust. John the Baptist is very knowledgeable, obviously a well-trained Levite priest. So he can tell, of all these locusts, he can pick out which one is kosher, which one is not. But on the wild honey, there's only two objects that are kosher that come from a non-kosher source. One The is, bee is not kosher, right? The, is, that what you, is that what you're saying? That's what I was going to say. Oh, oh, oh I thought that's what you Okay. No, I was saying the honey is kosher, but it comes from a non-kosher source, the bee. Mm-hmm. Bees are not kosher. Okay. So, so it's telling us that he's so good on God's laws, he can pick out the particular type of locust, which is called snake biter, and he can pick out honey, but the, he doesn't eat the bees. And secondly, what is the second product that's kosher, that comes from a non-kosher source, that you cannot eat? Cannot eat. Cannot eat, because if it's not kosher, you can't eat. Uh, honey. Well, there's only two. Mm, I don't know. Yes, you do. I do? Yes. Uh, oh, you, man, this is great drama. My brain is you're, somewhere else. Oh, you're playing this off like you really don't know. This is so good, Sophie. <laughs> I'm so proud. Yeah, that's, I'm pretending, you're, yes. Your acting is so good. <laughs> oh, good. It's milk, mother's milk. Okay. You cannot eat a human being, but was, mother's milk. I was going to say milk. milk. <laughs> I know you were, and I thought your acting was superb. It's Academy Awards okay, stuff. Okay. But so the, you can, a baby can eat mother's milk. And a but, cow is not kosher. That's No, a cow is kosher. A mama, the mother, the female, you cannot eat a human being. Oh, that's right. Okay, okay, okay. Got it. Yeah, yeah, so yes. you can't eat a human being, but you can drink the mother's milk. I so there's two things that comes from a, that are kosher from a non-kosher Ah, source. that's interesting. Okay. So what you've got is you've actually got, we're being told how knowledgeable this guy, and he's out at the Jordan River instead of in the temple because when the Romans took over, they killed a bunch of the priests. They sent the rest of the priests out and put their own guys in order. Caiaphas, Ananias, those guys are hirelings. Or they're on the take, they're, and they're working for the Romans. <coughs> but So they're not, the Levites, are out of, they've been kicked out. Pontius Pilate kicked them out, by the way, but that's another story. So, but the reason John the Baptist is down here, he's down here doing what the priest should do. And he's actually being like Elijah. He's wearing the Elijah's prayer, the tallit, the prayer. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. 
and he can actually, and we're being told how precise and knowledgeable he is because he can read, he can eat what's kosher from a non-kosher source, and out of all these locusts, he can pick the right one. So he, we can rely on him. He knows what he's doing. Isn't that fascinating? That is fascinating. It, it truly is. No. And it, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, I was going to say, and I want to tell you something else, if you don't mind, because we talked about this only in the interest of time. As we go on to chapter 1 of Mark, uh huh. if you look, over at uh, verse uh, 16. Uh-huh. 16. How does yours read? I'm sure mine's numbered. Verse 16 of chapter 1. Yeah. Uh, one day as Jesus is walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew throwing a net into the water, for they were fishing, fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. Where I will make you a fisher of men. Fisher of men. Where does that come from? I didn't know that it was uh, yes, come from the Old Testament. That, and it's not even in the Bible I'm looking at. It's not even referenced. But it, is, it comes from uh, Jeremiah. From the book of Jeremiah. And, and there's a reference to it in Isaiah also. But fishers of men. Uh-huh. Now, that's important. And they're throwing a net. Okay? Yes. Now, a net can be considered like perhaps a gathering, maybe, huh? Yes. But it says Simon and Andrew, right? Yes. Okay. Now, let's... Uh, Let's jump down. He said, well, to verse 19. You've already read 18. Look at 19. Okay. It says, a little farther up the shore, Jesus saw Zebedee's sons, James and John, in a Uh, boat repairing their nets. He called them at once, and they also followed him, leaving their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men. Zebedee is very close to a particular tribe's name. Zebulun. Zebulun. Mm -hmm. So... Why is that important? Well, Zebulun and Naphtali, and in this case, Simon and Andrew are from the tribe of Naphtali. Okay. All these little vignettes are not just interesting. You don't, for the Christian, it probably isn't necessary. But if you're writing this to the Jewish audience, and they've been told, watch for this. And so these are prophecies. These are not just interesting historical events. Because the Messiah must, he must, he must. Begin with two tribes, and that's Naphtali and Zebulun, And that's why they want us to know in 19, John and James are from Zebedee, who is Zubalan. That's the first tribe. Uh-huh. Andrew and Simon are Naphtali. Now, that's absolutely essential. That's where he must begin his ministries. Right. So he's going and he's picking two guys from one tribe, two guys to another, and he's saying these are the representatives of those two tribes. So he's fulfilling that yes. prophecy. They're trying to tell the the knowledgeable reader. Now, I don't think this is essential for Christian right. yeah, talk. Right, exactly. But they're trying to knowledge reader. This is a prophecy. Look, who he's starting with? Yes. Zebulun and Naphtali. That's for the, the Jewish one. reader, they would see that and go, "Oh, he's doing what he's supposed to there do." There you go. He's having starting his go. ministry. All and, these are these vignettes are prophecies. They're not just historical stuff. In each one of the Gospels, when it's talking about this stuff, like running down to Egypt and Matthew and coming back, those are necessity. By those are prophecies by necessity. Yeah, when he was as a two-year-old child, his family had to flee from the uh, slaughter of right. the innocents, as it's called this by is, Herod. Uh, this is why, they went down into Egypt right. and then they returned that's from right. Egypt. This is why I say, uh, whether it's by a divine inspiration or a skill, whatever we want to call it. 
who I always say, who wrote these Gospels, are not second stringers. These are first stringers. Yeah. They know the Old Testament, the Tanakh, uh-huh, the Bible, uh-huh, uh-huh. and they're building this in there. So if a guy's knowledgeable, he's reading, he says, well, it says he's doing the right stuff. He's doing so what he's supposed to do. They're not just interesting history. And that's what you mentioned later on. Uh, the the that the the king of Israel. We read the passage. Did we read it on the air? or Was it before we were talking, before the program tonight? You were talking about the you, fact you, that the, you read it about Deuteronomy doing the. Uh, so we know that Jesus he was had, commanded to teach the he, Torah. Right. The king, only the king, can teach it, and it has to be once every seven years. Mm-hmm. Huh? And we are told that Jesus' preaching was a three-year span. So if we Take the three years, and we cover it with the seven-year requirement of keeping uh-huh. God's laws, and that's uh-huh. a God's law that the king does. Or teaching God's laws, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But he's keeping it. Uh-huh. So he's keeping it. That's what's been characterized called the Sermon on the Mountain. But in Hebrew, it's hakel. In fact, this last year, Israel did that. Is that right? That's right. That, that very thing. Well, I remember the very first time we were reading this was years ago. And we read that passage wow. where Jesus, the Sermon on the Mount in the book of Matthew, right. and, and, you, and I talked a little bit about it and so on, the famous book, Blessed Are Those, you know, the Beatitudes and so on. Right. And, and you looked at me and you said, You're kid, you, don't, you, you don't see what Jesus was doing there? And I said, well, yeah, it's the Sermon on the Mount. He said, but, and you said, yeah, but d- do you not see what he was doing? And I didn't get it. And that was the first time that you ever mentioned me this idea that this connection with the Old Testament passage that commanded the king yeah. to teach Torah, to the, the God, God's laws, to the people. Right. And you said, this is a messianic claim here. He's he's fulfilling the role of the king to teach the Torah to the and people. I and I remember, this, wow. I promise you this in my opinion, and I'm... And you don't have to. You be, are an expert in your commitment. I your am opinion. an expert in my own opinion, and nobody has to agree with me. But if you want to be right, you will agree <laughs> okay, with me. Okay, okay. Uh, it is. Uh, he was doing it. And uh, what I wanted to say was the Jews got it, the Romans got it. He's standing up, and we can overlay the three years of his ministry, we're told, and the seven years, and we can actually determine what festival was taking place, which is what you call tabernacles or Sukkot in Hebrew. But so we can tell when it took place and of what time of year and overlay those things, we can actually come pretty darn close to figuring out when this took place. Wow. And so, and I'm going to tell you, I believe 100%. The Jews understood it, the Romans understood it, because he stood up and said, he's giving something that only the king can do. That's and the they even said at that time, didn't they say he's ah, teaching as one with authority? That's a, in fact, I happen to know the number. It's Matthew seven twenty nine. Yeah, he that, said, "Boy, he teaches like one with authority." They're, talk, talk, they're not talking about the God. They're not talking about an angel. They're talking about a guy like the king. It wasn't talking necessarily just about his delivery, that's you know, right. but no, 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 but with authority. So everybody got the message. He was standing up and declaring himself king of Israel. Now I told you before uh, the program here that we were. I was going to try to launch. A challenge to our listeners, okay. and you said that's going to be a hard sell. That's oh, going to be a little bit of a sell. difficult. Well, I'm going to be quiet and let you make this sell because you only got a few minutes. Okay, now as we make our way, as we make our way through the Gospel of Mark, to our uh, those of you, uh, you know, you you love the Lord, you you follow after Jesus, the Messiah, you're trusting in Him, but I want to encourage you to do something. As we read through the Gospel of Mark the, this coming week, and we'll co- talk about it again next week. I want you to think of Jesus as he goes from house to house, from person to person, from village to village. He's going to be touching lives. He's going to be 
teaching. He's going to be healing. He's going to be doing miracles, all of these things. And, of course, uh, he's going to be uh, uh, fulfilling uh, prophecies and predictions about the Messiah, walking on water and all these things he's going to do. Now, I want to challenge you. Do not think of him doing that as God. I want to encourage you. Now, in the Mark chapter 1, it, there's a passage here that says, The Spirit compelled or drove Jesus into the wilderness. The Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness where he was tempted by Satan uh, out there. And we read more about that in Matthew chapter 4 and in Luke chapter 4, more detail about that temptation. But the whole point of the temptation was Satan was trying to get Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God incarnate, but he... In order to be our Redeemer, our Savior, he had to walk out and live the perfect life of a man. And in this sense, I'm not talking about with repentance and forgiveness. I'm saying obeying all of God's laws and fulfilling God's laws perfectly without sin at all. And and so Jesus, the challenge that Jesus had as the Messiah was to live the perfect life of a man, to do what Adam was unable to accomplish. He fell into sin. But Jesus is to be sinless and obey God's laws perfectly as a man. And so what Satan is trying to get Jesus to do in the temptations, if you look at them in Matthew chapter 4 and Luke chapter 4, you'll see that he's trying to get Jesus to do something of his own initiative, his own power, his own authority uh, as God to act. But what Jesus had to do was he had to not, act of his own initiative, his own prerogative as God, he had to walk out the perfect life of a man. That's why he says in the Gospel of John a number of times in other places as well, I don't do anything except what the, what the Father does. I can do nothing of myself, Jesus said. I can only do what the Father shows me to do, guides me to do, empowers and enables me to do. And so Jesus had to walk out the perfect life of a man of faith, trusting in God. So as we go through the Gospel of Mark, I want you to not think about he does all these things because he's God, these miracles and all, because Jesus himself said, I don't do anything I do. None of my miracles, none of my sermons. I don't do anything of my own prerogative, my own initiative, my own power, my own authority as God. I only do what God the Father shows me to do, enables me to do, uh, and by his power, by his spirit. So I, I want you to take that a little a little bit of a challenge and, and – uh, and imagine Jesus, as we see him doing these things, as a man of faith, trusting. He sees from the scriptures. He knows he's God's, he's the Messiah. And, and he trusts by faith. He walks into that role. And we see how faithfully God carries out his oh, will Sophie, in and I'm through so the sorry. life of the Messiah. Yeah, the music, I'm so there it sorry. is. And Sophie, uh, I tell everybody, please try to be the person that you would like to have for a parent. Folks, we'll see you next Sunday. <clears throat> Here on the Bible Life. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 9.30 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Quiz Show. 
Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and the Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world.